Warning, this episode contains foul language and too many spooky stories. podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, spooky, sticky, scary, gross, and everything in between. Each week we sit down with one of our friends and talk about something weird. My name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hey guys, weirdos. <laughs> Hello. Guys, hi. And this week we are joined by our good friend, no one. Fuck you. It's just us. <laughs> Fuck Listener all Listener ghost y'all. stories. Sorry that I yelled at you. <laughs> Ignore what I said. That was really Don't take mean. it personally. She didn't mean it. But I'm it just is, really excited. It uh, is really fun when it's just the two of us sometimes. And it's no hate towards the guests. No, we, we love guests. We absolutely love our guests. And we've been so fortunate with the mm-hmm. magnificent guests that we've had on. However. However. When it's just the two of us <laughs> belching and drinking LaCroix uh-huh. and taking our sweet time. Yep. It's pretty nice. And we took our shoes off and our feet stink. And, and like, they're just flying out. I look like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. He's <laughs> got our jeans rolled up. So high like I'm going in the crick. It's been a while. We did a while. an Ask a Weirdo episode and then we did like the Weird Crimes episode. But we haven't done a Listener Ghost Story episode in like 10 episodes. I know, which is weird for us. Because we <laughs> normally were doing them like every four, every five. Yeah. We've missed this. We've missed it. We've missed you. We've missed you guys. Keep um, writing in and telling us your stories. Listener Ghost Stories is an episode where we take stories sent in by you guys, by listeners, when you guys have a weird experience, be it a UFO experience or a spooky ghost experience or an experience with your weird neighbor or maybe who you think is maybe a serial killer. Your best friend killed a guy and yeah. asked for your help in covering it up. Anything. I mean, probably don't write that in because then you maybe might go not. to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't incriminate yourself or anyone in your family. And they're a lot of fun. And we read the stories out loud on the episode and we discuss them. And uh, it's a good time. I do have some listener feedback from last week's episode. So last week we Woo. talked about dolls. Ew. And <laughs> my mom and my sister both reminded me of the Furby incident at my house. <laughs> what are you about to tell me? So one day my sister had left her Furby in her backpack. Um, and like we, we would wear our backpacks in the house, and then we would put them in the, like, exact same spot every day in the kitchen. I don't know why, but we would lay them down. And my sister left her Furby in hers one day, and my mom was in there preparing supper or a snack or something, and she heard it, like, talking. And she got a little spooked and went close to the backpack and realized it was saying, like, let me out or get me out. So 
she was super creeped out, but she ends up the backpack. She took the Furby out and she put it on the counter and went back to cooking. And just about as soon as she turned around to go back to her shit, it said, thank you. No, it yeah. fucking didn't. <laughs> just went, thank you. Or like, however Furby sounded. Since when can Furby say, let me out and thank I you? I don't know. I can't. So I don't think that was paranormal. I just think it was like really fucking weird. Yeah. That that's so Furby bizarre. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I thought Furbies spoke their own language. Do they They speak English? I don't think I knew they that. They speak English. I thought they were just like, me, 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 me. They also do that. It's very strange. <laughs> oh, they, they're slowly learning English. They know basic, basic English phrases, phrases like "let me out" and "and thank, thank you." Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> and are they related to the gremlin at all? Because I see your gremlin sitting I over there, and they look alike. Think that they are related to the gremlin or the the you know magwai. However, very interesting. When my sister texted me to remind me of the Furby incident, she was like, why didn't you talk about it? Um, I looked for a gif, a Furby gif. I typed in Furby, and all that came up were gremlin gifs from the movie Gremlin. So, so there's I see. some sort there's of a connection. Just when I think about it, I'm like, they kind of look alike. I'm pretty sure that the Furby actually came out with like a Mogwai, a gizmo Furby once, though. Okay. I could be wrong. I believe that. I just remember Furbies having, like, an extraordinarily extensive vocabulary. Like, they had, yeah. like, 50 phrases or something that they would randomly say. I hate them. It doesn't I, matter. I mean, after that story, I hate them even more <laughs> than I already did, so... Um, Andrew also texted me to ask me if I knew... Um, so, the, the woman who voiced Rocky and Natasha on Rocky and Bullwinkle, mm-hmm. uh, her name was June Foray... Uh, she just recently passed away last week. She was 99 years old. Oh, wow. She was also the voice of Granny in the Tweety Bird cartoons, Cindy Lou Who in the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, and Talkie Tina. Oh, my God. From the Twilight Zone. We were just talking I about know. Talkie Tina. She just passed away. She had 308 wow. IMDb credits. She's been doing voiceover work since 1945. I think that was That's her first crazy. credit. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for her. I what know. a career. What a life. Yeah, the... R.I.P. I don't remember who wrote the article, but they basically said, uh, June Foray is not the female Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc is the male June Foray. Ooh, I like that. So, she's basically... I mean, and the thing was, she was uncredited on so many of her... Really? ...work, because she was a woman... People were just like, sorry about you. (laughs) She didn't get credit for a lot of her work until, you know, the 60s or the 70s. It's so crazy to think that she started her career being a woman and not being credited for anything. Like, she was still working in the time where it was like, sorry, toots, I gotta give a guy (laughs) your credit. (laughs) Sorry, toots. Man, but good for her for sticking in there. What a... I know. 99. I know. That's what I'm blown away by. 99 years old. She lived some lives. Did you have any listener feedback? I did not. Mm. No one listened? None of my friends like me or <laughs> talk to me or listen or to talk the podcast. To me or... <laughs> uh, so, no. Um, no, the only little bit of feedback I got was actually just this morning. My friend Amanda texted me and said, listening to the doll episode, and she said, you guys should watch the show My Strange Addiction because there's an episode where a woman is, like, addicted to her doll and won't go anywhere without it. And she claims if she doesn't have it with her, she feels unsafe. 
And I guess she's in a committed relationship with her boyfriend and her boyfriend is just sort of like, this is what I signed up for. And if she's happy, I'm happy. And well, that's she's happy sweet. with her doll, which is very nice of him. But Amanda recommended that we watch the episode because... She said it's, like, absurd, this woman's addiction to her doll and the way she carries it around. So that was, I guess, my little bit of feedback was Amanda just saying, you guys have to watch this episode of My Strange Addiction. We'll have to check it out. I wonder where we can watch bonkers. My Strange Addiction. Oh, she actually See, I hate, told me. I, I would watch something like that. My Strange Addiction, I can't watch the episodes where it's, like, I'm addicted to eating my couch. And yeah, the it's like a woman. Yeah, it's like a woman who's eaten like two sofas and a chair. Yeah, and it's I've like seen I that can't one. watch this because I will throw up. Right. I think I've tried to watch episodes of that show and they've grossed me out or disturbed me to the point where yeah. I had to turn it off, so I agree. But I think there are certain episodes I yeah, probably I could, could do watch. That. And I think the one where it says this woman loves her doll that <laughs> I'm like, I have to see that. And Amanda says it's on Hulu, so hey, everybody yeah. go check out the Strange Addiction episode, see if you can hunt down the woman and her obsession with her doll. Yeah, and we're going to we'll watch it, watch too. It. I know. We can comment on it next week. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, then, before we get started with our ghost stories, we will go into our news segment. This week in Weird! 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 weird. Ooh, I liked that. That was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Did not plan that. We're just on the same page. Same the page. Um, you go first. I am. I'm just taking it real quick. Oh, LaCroix break. Um, I want to talk about UFOs really quick. Please. So there's been a spike in UFO sightings reported in Connecticut this year. Over 30 sightings so far have been reported to the National UFO Reporting Center Ten of which were in July alone. These 30 spikes is a 50% increase in reports. Two of the reports were discredited by the police as being lens flares and sky riding aircrafts, but the other 28 are identified by authorities. One report claimed that a craft flew extremely low overhead. They said it was a silent craft with absolutely no noise, single red and pinkish light on the craft, and it moved east to west passed over their house and their neighbor's house across the street while releasing four small red balls of light that turned and disappeared before hitting the ground until the craft disappeared behind the trees. Another report was from Manchester. Just one bright orange light, unmoving, not twinkling, did not change location for a couple of minutes and then just disappeared completely in the blink of an eye. What on earth? Um, all of the July sightings took place at the end of July, July 20th and beyond, so it doesn't seem like they are fireworks. Right, um, right. So, yeah, for some reason, there's just been a huge spike in UFO sightings in Connecticut this year. That's so strange. Yeah. In a random spot. I know. To have them appearing. What's um, going on, Connecticut? But while I was researching it to see if there was a spike in, like, other places, which it doesn't seem to be, it, it seems like it was just Connecticut, I did find this story. It's super fascinating. From our neck of the woods. This is Ooh. from uh, Belleville, Illinois. Yeah. So... Three times a major UFO sighting has been reported since the year 1967. And I mean like a major UFO sighting, not just like, I saw a light in the sky. In an interview with a man named Melvern Knoll, he described the ship that he saw. This was in, I think, 2000. Yeah, this was in uh, the year 2000. At first he thought it was a bright star, but as it came closer, he realized it was something else. He said it looked like a two-story house. It was the size of a football field. 
which seems crazy. Mm-hmm. It was two different floors and had big windows, three on the lower deck and three on the top deck. Way up on top, there was a uh, penthouse-like room with a dim light in it. Underneath, it had red lights in a diamond shape. It flew very close to where Noel was standing. So close, in fact, that he said that if somebody had looked out one of the windows of the craft, he would have been able to see them. He couldn't see wings or an engine on the craft, and it cruised silently overhead. As it flew over him, he saw that it was a triangle shape. He went immediately to the Highland Police Station to file a report. Noel was concerned that the authorities wouldn't take him seriously, but they did. And this is where it gets interesting, because that all sounds like a bunch of crazy town mm-hmm. garbage. Yes. A lot of trash. Area police officers from uh, Lebanon, Shiloh, Milstadt, and Dupo all saw the craft, too. No way. Yeah, so That's there's wild. even recordings and transcripts of the calls put into police dispatch dispatch and between the officers of the different counties. Okay, well that's interesting. Yeah, so police officer I have a little, like, little excerpts from some of the conversations. At first, police officer Ed Barton was asking dispatch, did they say if the truck driver was under the influence of anything? And dispatch was saying, like, he's sober and he's serious. And uh, the officer said, just a quick question. If I happen to find it, what am I supposed to do with it? Um, and then a little bit later, he said, be advised, there's a very bright white light east of town. It keeps changing colors. I'll go over there and see if maybe it's an aircraft. It doesn't look like an aircraft, though. And then a little bit later, that's affirmative. It's not the moon. It's not a star. And then a little bit later, would you contact Scott Air Force Base and see if they have anything flying in this area? And then a little bit later, we need to contact Scott Air Force Base. Oh, shit. So that was like his transcript. And then the object traveled west and was spotted by Shiloh police. And Shiloh police officer Martin, uh, in his transcript, said, I see something, but I don't know what the heck it is. And then Milstadt police officer, uh, Officer Stevens, said, I've got the object in sight. Also, it's huge. Dispatched asked uh, what it looked like, and he said it was V-shaped. Uh, the UFO was then seen by Dupo police as well, and shortly after that, the craft flew away. Uh, police dispatch contacted Scott Air Force Base that night about the object in the sky. Officials said they knew nothing about it. So that one was crazy. I mean, that was saw that one was seen. There's actually a map. Um, I'm gonna post a link to the full story in the newsletter because it's all super fascinating. Yeah, There's actually a map more. of like the. The path that this craft flew through all the counties as the cops were like, basically like, holy shit, what is that? Like trying to drive around to follow this thing. Another big one took place in 1967 in a small farm town west of New Baden. That one actually landed in the field uh, and left a large burn mark, and they claimed that nothing grew there for years. They did also call Scott Air Force Base as well, but they, um, they knew nothing about it. In 1997, there was a mass sighting in St. Clair County. Close to 100 residents reported seeing a bright blue object the size of a basketball sailing from east to west across the sky between 9.30 and 10 p.m. They claimed it was so bright that it lit the ground below as well as, like, the woods. Uh, Authorities dismissed the sighting as a meteor, but residents were not convinced. One man said, does a meteor go from east to west at the same level, not going down? I don't know why I gave him that uh, dialect, but I kind of feel that maybe that's how he talks. Probably not too far off. (laughs) 
They said, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a meteor. Oh, you have to read everyone's stories like that all okay. the time. Okay, even if it's, like, someone from, like, a man like, from Scotland a said, <laughs> man in the UK. does a meteor go from east to west? Um, a man from Belgium. <laughs> Uh, the police department did contact Scott Air Force Base about the blue lights, and a spokesperson, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Janet Reese, was quoted as saying, We don't investigate those. We don't deal with unidentified objects. But I can say that we did not have any aircraft up in the late evening that night. Then who the hell was it? <laughs> then who the hell was it? I wanted to embrace the accent at the yeah. end, too. That's Pretty bonkers. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I had never heard of that. And Belleville mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's not as close to you. It's, it's closer really to you. It's really close to me. Yeah. It's like 20 minutes away from Centralia. It's definitely some Southern Illinois action, but that's crazy too. I know. Wow. I want to know more. I'm glad more. you looked into it more. I know. Yeah, so you're going to post the link you said? Mm-hmm. All right, because I definitely, I want to read more into that. Yeah, there's a lot more details, and then there's also, like I said, they have the map that shows you, like, where this enormous two-story triangle craft came from. Wow. I mean, came from, went, traveled. Its little path. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear more. I would like, I do like the idea of an alien craft coming down, and it just being, like, a luxury resort. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it, like, flies, and it's like, this is planet Earth. As you can see... It's boring as shit. There's nothing to do here. Here's some cornfields. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. And We're only allowed away. to fly over the Midwest <laughs> because we'll be shot down in New York or Los Angeles. That is very true. And sorry, <laughs> the Midwest at, sucks. Yeah, if you look at the left side of the craft, you will see... Nothing. Nothing, still. There might be a cow. Anyways, on to, to Mars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Next stop, Mercury. That's hilarious. I kind of have an alien story, except not at all, but they look like they're aliens. So, in recent weeks, seemingly alien-like creatures have been found washed up in Monterey Bay. The animals look harmless, but they have caused issues within the fishing communities and also may be a sign of a more ominous issue involving our warming ocean waters. This is depressing. I know. It's a little bit of depression along with what the hell are these things. So what are these mysterious sea dwellers and what does their appearance mean? Pyrosomes, also referred to as sea pickles or fire bodies, these are both real things, <laughs> What are made up of multicellular creatures called zooids or zoids. I'm not positive. Um, someone listening probably knows better and is like, hey, Lauren, fucking hey, shape up. Hey, marine biologists out there. Tell us how it's pronounced. National Geographic reported that the fire bodies or sea pickles can be recognized by their cucumber shape and their transparent jello-like exterior. And I'll show you a picture when I'm done. They literally look like little jello pickles. Like it's the weirdest thing. What? They are commonly found in tropical waters, but have been spotted since 2015 in increasing numbers along the Northern California current, which is the weird thing that they're coming closer in Northern California and have also been spotted in Oregon. Researchers from NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, have partnered with universities in Oregon to explore why the creatures have surged off that state's coastline after having rarely been seen there before. Some pyrosomes, which can fucking glow in the dark, have been spotted as north as Alaska as well, which I think is also very strange. The Guardian reported that research biologist Rick Brodeur, along with other marine biologists, suspect increasing water temperatures may be the reason for these creatures washing up. 
Further studies will need to be conducted, though, to discover if that is the definite link with climate change and the pyrosomes, but it does seem most likely. National Geographic has stated that fishermen have been pulling up about 60,000 pyrosomes in their nets when they're pulling up fish, and Alaskan fishermen have given up on all fishing um, extra... What? Fishing... I wrote extravaganzas, but that's not a thing. (laughs) Fishing expedition is what's meant. (laughs) The... We're going on a fishing extravaganza. That sounds. I'm gonna say that instead because I like so it like so much more fun. I'm going like on a fishing movie. extravaganza. Okay, so on their fishing extravaganza, they have given up because they've caught so many of these weird glowing sea pickles on their hooks. I want to see a sea pickle. I'll show you in a second. Uh, um, actually, I think I can show you now because that's okay. kind of the main thing. Um, so people are still trying to find out basically why these are popping up. And their predators are most likely bony fish, dolphins, and whales, which are predators of many other fish. So that's not too much of a surprise. But this is what they look like. And I think we're going to have to post a picture on our newsletter for listeners because they're just so weird. So they're just these little jelly pickles. And, like, that's a guy holding one. And they're clear. They literally look like a jello mold. But they're a living creature that floats around and is made up of all these other weird things. Upper, yeah, and his this guy's caption says upper water column is full of pyrosomes. So I don't know what that means, but <laughs> interesting. Yeah, they're I've the weirdest. Before. And so people were freaking out when these were first washing ashore because they're like, okay, so aliens have for sure <laughs> for landed sure in our landed. ocean and are coming into Laid my fishing nets. Yeah, but then. All these marine biologists are coming out and saying, no, these are actually living things. However, it is very strange that they're appearing in well, Northern California. Well, that happened a couple years ago uh, in California somewhere as well. I want to say it was Northern California, too. I can't remember where it was. We were watching Weird Wonders of the World. Weird Wonders of, of the, the World. world. <laughs> um, and one day somewhere in northern california i believe they like went out to the beach and the beach was red like everything was red and as they like investigated closer i mean it literally looked like the beach was just like blood like the sand had turned blood red but as they went closer they found out it was all it was covered in like dead crabs because they had you know because of the the rising temperature of the waters they had like traveled too far close to shore oh. and like they were trying to escape predators. basically what was happening is they were trying to escape predators who had because of the the water temperature changes had come closer to the shore oh, wow. and they all ended up getting washed up and that's so sad yeah all those little dead crabbies i know but you know what global warming that's not real it's not real at all, guys. Climate change isn't a thing. Our government says We're it's fine. not real, so it must Nine not be real. Nine out of ten scientists are wrong. There's just sea pickles and fire bodies washing up on shore. But I wonder why they call them fire bodies. I know, because they don't look fiery, they don't as you sting. saw. They're like, yeah, right? they don't sting you. They're tan. That would make sense. They're not like, orange well, they or red. They sting the shit out of you. It's right. Like, oh, okay. They're not orangey or fiery. They're just like these weird. Kind of transparent, tannish looking jello pickles. Okay. <laughs> but they look like fucking aliens, guys, and I'm not a fan, and well, I hope I never see them. them. Oh, yeah. That's a great question. It doesn't talk about if we can eat them. Dolphins like to eat them, but can humans? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's to try. be continued, we'll, TBT. we'll see. I mean, see. that's TB- throwback Thursday, Tuesday. TBC. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> My next. 
This Week in Weird is not really, it's sort of like a debunking. So there's an article making its way through Facebook right now claiming that Facebook had to shut down. Hold on. Wait a minute. I thought there was going to be a LaCroix burp. There was nothing. Okay, so there's an article I making its way sneeze. through Facebook right now claiming that Facebook had to shut down an experiment because some chat bots developed their own language. Have you seen this? No. Okay. So the article goes on to say um, that Facebook's artificial intelligence scientists were dismayed when the bots they created became con- began conversing in their own private language. So basically the article is like this huge like artificial intelligence like scare. Trying to freak people it's out. Trying to freak people out, but it's not true. Thank God. Not quite. So Facebook, I did find out though, Facebook does have an artificial intelligence research team. And they are working on designing a program within Facebook using chatbots. And the chatbots did talk to each other because that's what they're programmed to do. Sure. But it's not that they made up their own language. It's more so that they made our language into something more efficient. They basically created shorthand for themselves. Okay. So it wasn't something completely Um, different and out of the blue. No, and it actually came from a mistake in programming, not from the artificial intelligence, like, becoming self-aware. Okay. Also, the project is not shut down. Their goal was to build bots that could communicate with people, but why, I could not figure that out. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, is it, it like, a Siri situation? Right. Oh, which that would make sense. Like, if we just want to voice something or type in a question that a Facebook bot would be able to answer us almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it has something to do with that. Maybe. Facebook's probably like, we want to make Siri mean nothing through our own I can't believe you haven't seen that article, though. I've seen it posted, and I don't even have Facebook anymore. I was going to say, how did you see it? This was like last week or like when I hop on to do Keep It Weird stuff. I'll see, yeah, I'll see everyone reposting this, like, Facebook-created artificial intelligence that became self-aware and, like, all this stuff. I feel like I probably saw it and didn't open it because I probably read a headline similar to that and was like, our world is fucking being destroyed by robots (laughs) and I can't read this right now. Because I get so scared by that stuff. Even you talking about the sex doll last week, I was just like, Westworld is coming real and I can't do it. But anyway, that's just me being an anxiety-ridden human that's scared of everything our future holds. Yeah, who was it at the beginning of the year? Someone, was it Elon Musk? Someone was basically saying how close we were to creating an artificial intelligence and, like, the dangers of creating an artificial intelligence that was self-aware, that was Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, But, so it's like, it's hot right now. It's hot. It's a it's very hot, trendy hot thing. Topic I mean, right Ex Machina now. came out. I feel like yeah. that was last year, the year before, and I feel like that just kicked everything. Yeah, off and it's going it's crazy. always been like a hot, hot topic, topic, but it's huge right now. It so is. You're right. This story just kind of got out of hand. So do not worry. We're all fine. It's fine. Facebook's just probably For trying now. to build a Siri, and however, okay. give it a couple months. We'll have another artificial intelligence scare until they decide to take over and destroy all of us. Kill us all. I mean, honestly, put us out of our misery at this point. Oh, yeah. Let's just take over the world. I don't care. I'll be your, like, servant. Yeah, I'd be servant to a robot. I want to hang out with, like, a Terminator type thing. 
do you want to hang out with a Terminator at like Terminator 2 style or Terminator? Terminator 2 style. Yes. Okay, cool. Because Terminator 1 style <laughs> Hell does not nah. seem fun at all. No, not at all. I think Except Terminator 2. Except when you get to have really romantic sex with Kyle Reese. Yeah, that's the only time that I want it to be Terminator 1. But in the second, you get Robo-Dead, right? No. Robo-Dead. Yeah, yeah. Robo-Daddy. Robo Daddy. I feel like we came up Thanks, with so many. Robo Dad. I feel like when we were watching the second one together, we had so many different names for him. Didn't the movie. we have you watch it for the first time? Yeah, I saw okay, it for the very so first time. It was with you. so wonderful. And when you see like the thumbs up, we cried. Going, so yeah, we were hard. bawling our eyes out and also <laughs> saying Robo Dad like through our tears. I I've seen Terminator Two probably eight hundred and fifty times in my life, and I cry every single time that movie killed me. I've now seen it three times and really? I've cried all three oh times. God. Yes, so I have good. only seen Terminator 1 oh once and I don't know if I'll watch it again. I probably should just you to should. Like it's a good keep movie. the Terminator love going, but Terminator 2 I could watch. There's some really good week. action in Terminator as well. I almost said yeah. 2, but as well. Yeah, Terminator 2 for sure. But. Terminator 2, yes. It's so It's like it's the such best a great action movie of, of all time. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, but I did watch it for the first time with you, and I'm so happy I did, because I feel like the emotion that you put into watching the movie <laughs> was very fun for me to soak up. And now I've seen it a bunch of times since, and we'll continue on, because it's great. And if you listeners have not seen it, go watch it That's insane. What are you even doing? Yeah, you probably have seen it, because you're normal. I was weird <laughs> that I didn't normal. see it until last year, but... So, I Anywho. also, this isn't a news story. This is actually something that I stumbled upon that I want your opinion on. <clears throat> and listeners, too, if you're listening, if you want to write in and tell me what you think about this as well. So, I came up with this uh, question. Can natural disasters increase paranormal activity? And if so, what does that mean? And I have some examples. Okay. So... June 18th, 1991, a mudslide in Chile claimed the lives of 100 people and left thousands of survivors homeless. Following the tragedy, a local paper reported that the ghosts of several people who died in the mudslide were haunting the area. One man saw, said that he saw a little boy dressed in white um, who had to be about four years old pass right through a gate without opening it. His older son also saw it. And when he went to the window to get a closer look, he said that the little boy was staring at him. August 29th, 2005, New Orleans was struck by Hurricane Katrina and took over 1,800 lives. For months after the disaster, members of the National Guard who were brought in to assist the city reported paranormal occurrences. What? September 4th, 2010, a 7.1 earthquake that injured 100 residents in New Zealand was followed by an influx in reports of paranormal and poltergeist activity. The Christchurch Paranormal Group claimed that people are calling us saying that they had always felt like there was something in the house, but since the earthquake, it has become more intense. March 11, 2011, a massive tsunami and earthquake hit Japan, causing extensive damage and claiming nearly 17,000 lives. Hours prior to the initial hit and moments after, many people reported seeing unidentified flying objects in the sky. Further research into the event revealed that the area had been experiencing a spike in UFOs in the weeks leading up to the events as well. And May 20th, 2013, 
Uh, $2 billion in damages and 24 people killed after a tornado ripped through Moore, Oklahoma. For several months after the event, locals of the small city reported multiple paranormal sightings, including local family man Scott McCabe, who told local news, a local news station that the image of his dead son appeared in a photo taken on 4th of July. So, could the activity be caused by the spirits of those who are lost in the tragedies? Uh, but then what about the earthquake in New Zealand that claimed no lives but was followed by a ton of poltergeist activity? What's to me, going on? it seems like the buildings and the structures that are being destroyed are releasing their spirits into the world. Oh, that's an interesting thought. That was the first thing that I thought of just because originally I was on the theory of, oh, well, these are the ghosts of people who are dying in the crisis. Obviously... And then when there's those few disasters that are like, oh, no lives were claimed, but tons of buildings were destroyed. Then it makes me think any spirits that were living within those walls were released out into the world and they're looking me, for somewhere else to go. Yeah, it reminds me of that scene in Ghostbusters when they turn off the machine. Remember? What machine? In Ghostbusters? When, when they, Peck turns, insists that the machine's turned yeah, off. Yeah, but then what like, happens? Want to. Remember they all come, all the ghosts come out of the Oh yeah, and they just and get they, like, released and go all over into yeah. the city. Yeah, so it's basically that exactly. <laughs> what happens? I know, I was like, okay, like, you're you saying turned what? off the machine. What's, yeah, well they all go out and find new buildings yeah. to go into and that's exactly what I think these spirits are doing. I read a really strange story once from, and I couldn't find it again, but I remember it pretty well. I think it was the tsunami in Japan. Uh, it was from a man in the United States whose, I think it was his father, I'm pretty sure it was his father, was in the hospital dying. And his father flatlined for a moment, but kind of woke back up and said to him, I have to wait, they're too busy. He remained unconscious until the next morning when he passed. The man thought it was strange and even more strange when he found out that the tsunami hit Japan about a half hour before his father flatlined and came back. So all the people from Japan were busy filling yes. up the purgatory yeah. waiting room or yeah. whatever you want to call it. So That's fascinating. Could that be the reason why there are so many ghostly sightings after a massive disaster? People are waiting to get checked in. Seriously, kind of. it's kind of, it's the waiting room, like <laughs> yeah. I just said. It's like everybody's hanging out waiting to be checked in. Yeah. Huh. I also had a theory, uh, could it also be like kind of when people remodel a home and paranormal activity spikes, which is kind of the same thing like you were saying, like, Almost like the spirits don't like the change, so they right. act out. Stop or, hammering into my face. Yeah. I'm in this wall. Yeah, I'm in this wall. <laughs> um, or could it be a glitch in the Matrix scenario, like in a video game when a character gets trapped in between the walls, or the bots won't stop walking into the wall yes. if you change the design of a space and the whole thing goes like haywire for yep. a bit. You're messing up the matrix, y'all. It could be anything. It so could lots be of different anything. theories for sure. It could also be that there's absolutely no more paranormal activity happening, but that people are in higher stress situations mm -hmm. because their homes are destroyed or, you know, they lost their dog or right. whatever, whatever. They're in a higher emotional state. Maybe so just that, that vulnerability is opening them up to yeah. the world more. And it's just complete coincidence that they are able to observe now. And it's not necessarily more ghosts are populating any area, but they're just starting to see them. Mm -hmm. The walls are coming down. The walls are coming Quite down. Quite literally, maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought so, too. I like that. Yeah, but I think the Ghostbusters theory is what I'm holding on to. <laughs> the spirits need somewhere to go, and they're wandering into new buildings and spaces. 
I have one more story. I always like when you start your story with a giggle because I know it's going to be um, ridiculous. Which I feel like this is becoming a new theme of our podcast, and I might just hold strong onto this. Listeners, if you're a regular listener, you know that Ashley likes to bring in the hard-hitting, really good stories. She, like, really does her research. Uh-huh. Sometimes they're a little dark, but they're always, like, really good pieces of news. We can have debates about them. And then I like to come in with some bullshit news story, like a doll in a rocking chair, or what was it, an alarm clock in a wall. Alarm clock in a wall, that was my favorite and least favorite one. Yeah, and some other bullshit stuff. Well, this week, don't worry, I'm back with more stupidity. There is a calf, a baby cow, that looks like Gene Simmons from the (laughs) band Kiss. Like, his spots are... Shaped like Gene Simmons's makeup? Yes, look Is there at this a picture? picture. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this derpy cow stuck its tongue out just that like Gene Simmons for a picture. And newsworthy. Is it what is that newsworthy, is. and he has spots on his face that look just like Gene Simmons' makeup for Kiss. Um, he was born. <laughs> Tell me what his birthday is. It's not even interesting. I'm just still laughing about everything. <laughs> Actually, I don't know when his birthday is. It says, where were you on November 25th, 2016? But does that mean that was when... Nobody knows when cows are conceived. That's not a thing, right? So I that's mean... probably his birthday. I didn't do, like, research on this story, guys. That's why we're... I literally just pulled up the headline and couldn't stop laughing. Gene Simmons said something about it. What did Gene Simmons say? Where? Go down. Oh. This is real, folks. Calf called Gene, born in Texas Ranch, and looks exactly like Kiss Rocker Gene Simmons. Are you talking about yourself in the third Gene person? Simmons Gene Simmons tweets about himself in the third person. Also, Ashley read that wrong. The calf is named Genie, which is oh. even better. I.E. Oh, I see. Jeannie oh, it's a was, girl? Yeah, it's a female that looks like Gene Simmons. So little Genie was born, we're thinking November 25th, 2016. I don't think that was a date of conception. <laughs> Um, born in Kerrville, Texas, on the ranch of Heather Leonard Takeda, who works at Cowboy Steakhouse. Uh oh, <laughs> she works at a steakhouse. I feel like the story was ending is gonna be dark. <laughs> I can't. Uh, this is a bullshit story, and we're done reading it now. Um, but again, just like our gelatinous sea aliens, we're gonna post this picture just to make you smile. Really, it's not yeah. a news story, but isn't it hilarious how much the cow's face looks like? Jason? It actually does really, look like and it stuck its tongue out. Who's really? reporting on this? Uh. Huffington Post. That's embarrassing for you, Huffington. Just kidding. That's not above you. You always do this. Anywho. Anywho. That was This Week in Weird. Should we start calling it This Week in Weird and Lauren's Dumb Corner? (laughs) (laughs) And Lauren's Derpy Corner? Derp. Okay. I'm so sorry, listeners. But now we've created a monster. I'm going to do this every week. She can't stop. I can't stop. I'll try to do one good story and one dirty one. It'll be great. Anywho. Perfect. Um, we're going to get into our listener ghost stories. Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. So, um, we very interesting week because we have multiple stories from different people that kind of are the same story. Yeah. It's almost. very bizarre. It's Quite strange, and you'll see why. 
So the first story comes in from Kelly Reed, who was a guest on our show in April. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Kelly was in uh, The Father, Father, Son, Son, and and the Holy Holy Kelly, Kelly, uh, part one and two. So Kelly writes, a month or two ago, I had a very vivid dream involving my family and my dead uncle. In the dream, I was at a family event. It was very bright and was set outdoors. First of all, this is weird for me. 75% of my dreams occur indoors at night or on gray, rainy days. The sun was so bright it made everyone around me a bit blown out. Anyway, my family was sitting around a Spanish patio table talking and enjoying themselves. As I walked in, I saw my Uncle Dave. He was very excited to see me and grabbed my arm to sit me down. We proceeded to talk about a lot of things that I don't remember. The feeling I got from him, though, was that of encouragement, that I was going to be okay, and that things would be all right. I was happy to see him. I had felt that he had been missing, and now he was back from a very long trip. When I woke up, I had a strong sense of contentment and felt really good about myself. I had been dealing with a breakup, so waking up and feeling good about everything was a really nice change. What makes this thing even weirder is that my little brother, who is in Africa, had a very similar dream. It was about our uncle. He was extremely happy, and it was a bright, sunny day. My dad was the only one who knew about my dream, so when Pat told him about this, his dream, he texted me to talk to him. In reality, um, in life, my uncle Dave was very sad. He spent many years alone after his wife had died and would visit us on Christmas Eve. He passed away a long time ago, maybe 13 years. I had always liked him, but we weren't very close. I remember being mad at his funeral because they fixed his broken glasses and gave him clothes that fit, and he hated giving his money to yuppies. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about my Uncle Dave in a long time. Most of me believes this was his way of saying that he's doing all right now. What do you guys make of it? Why would he wait so many years to let us know he's doing all right? Do you have any personal stories on visitations beyond the grave? So before we talk about this, what's even more interesting about Kelly asking this question is that another listener wrote in and asked the exact same question. It's bonkers. So Jake wrote in, who I know from junior college, and he said, Hi, weirdos. To paraphrase a fairly long story, when I was much, much younger, around seven or eight, I seemed to have a psychic connection to my uncle. Nothing major, but on several occasions I would announce to my mom or dad that he was visiting only minutes before he dropped by unannounced, or he would call and my mom would answer the phone and they would be talking and I would tell her to ask Uncle Joe how he's doing when there's no way I could have known it was him. This was way back, back way before caller ID. He passed away when I was in college, and I knew the moment it happened. I was up late after a party, and I was laying in bed with the spins, and all of a sudden the spins stopped, and I was paralyzed with dread. It felt like a cold sheet was pulled over my body. After that, I was spooked and could barely sleep. I ended up having to turn all the lights on. I found out the next morning that he had had a heart attack in the night and killed him. Uh, it killed him almost instantly. This was over 10 years ago, and over the past week and a half, he's been in my dream every night. I'm in a different place in each dream, but every time I can sense his presence, or at least the moment before he arrives, and then he's there. Nothing else happens. We talk and hang out as though he never left. But at the end of every dream, he says to me, I'm sorry, I have to go. I'll see you soon. Then the next night, random dream, random place, feeling like he's on his way. He shows up, we hang out, and he says, I'm sorry, I have to go. I'll see you soon. 
Any idea why these dreams are occurring? Why now, almost 12 years later? That is almost the we identical question. We got Kelly. these questions within like two days of each other. Right. Both about uncle. Both, both about their about uncle who being passed contacted away. way later. Yeah. And having this odd connection to mm-hmm. them. That's so nuts. It's very strange. And I don't... I do have a theory, but you do you have a story, an uncle story you want to tell that one later because it's not quite the same. Yeah, it's not the same. It just happens to be about an uncle okay. as well, so I'll save it for my next story and we can kind of dive into this first. But okay. Yeah, I, I don't have any experience that's similar to this, so I can't really speak to it, but when I hear it, it reminds me about how you and your sister Jamie both were contacted by your aunt. Mm-hmm. Didn't you both say you saw her or felt her presence after she died? Yeah, and it wasn't, she died when my sister was born, basically, and when I first saw her, I don't know how old I was, though, I had to be maybe like 10 or 11, yeah, and Jamie had to be, you know, 7 or 8. So again, it's much later in life that the contact is happening. I wonder why that is. Do you think it's just sort of a check-in, like... Well, I wonder if, you know, Kelly said that she was dealing with uh, a breakup. Right. And she was feeling really... Yeah, she was going through a hard time. Who knows? Maybe her brother was also going through a little bit of something at the same time. Right. Uh, Or maybe Kelly was going through something horrible. Her uncle came to pop in and then decided he was going to pop in with her brother as well. Might as well while he's here Mm -hmm. (laughs) on vacation. While I'm here. I'm going to check in. (laughs) I'm going to pay a visit to everybody. Um, that is interesting. It is interesting. I mean, it kind of brings me back to one of the theories that I had was that, that maybe because she was going through something, he decided to pop in. to be there for yeah. her. Also, you know, Joe saw his first ghost a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I guess. A little over a month ago. And it was the day after uh, the anniversary of my grandfather's death and interesting i didn't know that that kind of fits in with that same theory that like it was the day after the anniversary of his death and he was just checking in Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah wanting to come by make sure you're okay yeah like this day might be tough for you so i'm Mm -hmm. gonna swing on through yeah i like that theory if he was you know across the you know in illinois two thousand miles away kind of like Checking in. I'm sure it was a horrible, hard day for my grandma. So right. maybe he was checking in with her and then Swung was like, well, there. I'll go see what Ashley's up to. But I was at work. I'm sorry, Grandpa. So he got to see Joe instead. <laughs> so he got to see Joe. And scare the bejesus out um, of him. But then also, Joe's dad, if you guys remember, um, we've talked about him on past episodes. He had the experience with the old alarm clock that yeah, was yeah, given yeah. to him that was going off. And then the medium who knew about the alarm clock somehow and said he had a message or she had a message from his um, mother and sister. Well, he moved to a new place a couple months ago. Everything's been quiet, no disturbances. But in the last few weeks, he's had several experiences in his new place. One night, he and his girlfriend continuously heard a chime of some kind going off in the house almost like a small alarm clock or a ringtone, but they were the only ones in the house and neither of their phones were going off. Then the other night they heard a thud that was not only loud enough to scare the pants off of them, but they could feel it in the floor. Uh, It was so strong that he actually got up and searched the house and even went outside to make sure no one was vandalizing the place. 
Their dog was in the room with them at the time and reacted to the sound as well. Oh, gosh. So, with that going on, with Joe seeing his first ghost, Joe's dad telling me about these experiences, you know, these people writing in about getting visits from people who passed away a long time ago, I started thinking about, like, what what if there's just an actual surge of paranormal activity taking place, like, everywhere right, right which now. Which it kind of seems like Which it. it seems like, I mean, you know, Joe's dad, they're in Connecticut. We've got stories from Illinois. We have stories from L.A. We have right. stories from, you know what it's I mean? It's all so over the place. It's kind of all over the place. So I wonder if it has something to do with everything coming up in the near future. So Mercury will be in retrograde August 13th to September 5th. I saw 5th. that. For those of you who don't know what that means, okay, so sometimes planets appear to be traveling backwards through the zodiac. It's just an illusion. It's not, that's not actually what's happening, but several times a year it appears as if Mercury is going backwards. This time is traditionally associated with confusion, delays, and frustrations, especially when it comes to travel or communications Mm -hmm. with people. We also have the total solar eclipse coming up. Oh, right. On August 21st. And I found something interesting when dealing with the emotional and spiritual effects on people during eclipses. So, according to science, the universe is made up of basic physical particles that include electrons, protons, neutrons, etc., etc. Well, at a spiritual level, the universe is also made up of elements. Three basic components known as sattva, raha, and tama. Sattva is purity and knowledge, raha is action and passion, and tama is ignorance and inertia. So these three elements affect how we react to situations, make decisions and choices, and live our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the idea. So during an eclipse, especially a solar eclipse, when the sun is actually blocked out, right. There is an imbalance. There's supposedly an increase in Rahatama, which has negative effects on humanity. Apparently, ghosts can take advantage of the heightened Rahatama to create a variety of issues that have negative repercussions. Specifically, yep. during a solar eclipse, the environment becomes conducive for negative energies to amass black energy, which is a type of spiritual energy that is the primary weapon of attack of ghosts and spirits. Um, but this is also, it's one of those things where it's, it's just supplying extra energy that spirits can use, whether it's positive or negative. Uh-huh. What would be super interesting for everyone is that if people in Southern Illinois especially would pay extra close attention to or be careful to report if anyone has any paranormal experiences, because according to this pseudoscience, the maximum impact of an eclipse depends on where it's most visible. The more visible it is, the greater the subtle impact on people in that region. And the place that the solar eclipse is going to be the most visible this month is southern Illinois, is Carbondale. Oh, like really? Carbondale, Macanda, like that whole area. That's where, like, the prime place to see the eclipse. I was wondering where, like, the hot spots were because my, the bass player from my band, Dr. Spaceman, hey, shout out. Hey, shout out. Um, the, my bass player, John, is going to Nashville to watch Nashville's the solar eclipse, really, which I, which yeah. isn't too far from Southern Illinois in the scheme of things. They're actually very close. Um, so that makes sense to me now that that area must yeah. be the well, hot spot. Go He's literally to... going to Nashville for the eclipse. He yeah. works for SpaceX and he's a huge nerd. And it's if be you great. go to NASA.com, 
they actually have a little video that shows exactly what the eclipse is going to look like Mm -hmm. where you are in, like, in the United States. Okay. And there's a straight path. Like, it starts in Oregon, and it travels, like, down diagonal to, like, Florida-ish. Got it. Not quite Florida. It doesn't quite make it to Florida. And, but it's going uh, right through that center. It goes straight through, like, Carbondale, Nashville, mm-hmm. and... Um, that makes perfect yeah. sense now. So people with a perfect view of the eclipse, you need to pay very close attention and see if any paranormal activity See happens. if there's a creepy little ghost girl holding a teddy bear in the middle of the street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why Jesus. that's the ghost I'm imagining. According to cosmics and cosmologists, a.k.a. people who study cosmic activity, whether they're on a scientific or spiritualistic level, the effects of an eclipse can be felt and measured for up to 90 days before the eclipse hits. Energy can be very chaotic and unstable around the time of an eclipse, and we know that energy is a main source for paranormal activity. Too much of it can either cause an increase of activity or cause the activity to become trapped in a place and not allowing it to disperse. So yeah, so if you go to NASA.com, you can see that video. NASA is also going to fund a host of science projects that will occur during the solar eclipse all across the country. The eclipse is going to begin around 10.15 a.m. here in sunny California. And it's only going to last about an hour and 40 minutes. You can also visit NASA.com to read up on how to view the eclipse safely. Safely. Everybody practice safety. Um, I always like I want to go like, to Nashville or Southern Illinois and watch it. Right. Hot damn. From here, not much is going to happen. I know. And that sucks. I want to see the action. And I'm going to be in Nashville... The second weekend in September, so I'm barely missing it. Yeah, you're just missing it. I know, I'm a little upset about it, but... I don't understand. I feel like I've looked directly at the sun so many times in my life. Maybe that's why I'm blind. I know, I have terrible vision. I've done the same. (laughs) I feel like when I was little, it was almost a challenge to myself that I wanted to to see how long I could look at the sun. How long can I look at it? Because I always see, like, (laughs) if you're going to, like, view the eclipse, you have to buy special glasses yeah. to view the eclipse and I'm like I've looked at the sun like a ton of times. I know. Like I think I'm I all right. Think I'm fine. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and just it's laugh like, in yeah, the face of science. That's why you have negative six on each of your eyes and you can't fucking see Hey anything. asshole that's why you're blind as a bat. <laughs> I know I always wonder why my vision is so bad. It's because of all those times I just laugh in the face of science and stare into the stare sun like I'm above all humans. <laughs> I have superpowers. Yeah, that's that's bonkers, though. It's cool. I mean, in that article you're reading, it said, the eclipse will only be lasting for an hour and 40 minutes. But the word only to me is crazy, because I'm like, an hour and 40 minutes? That's a long time that for that to be like happening. That seems like a very long time. Like, if you're there and experiencing it in those locations that you were talking about, I feel like that'd be a long time to be like, it's dark. This is fun. I well, I wonder if it's a, it probably won't be a total eclipse for an hour and 45 minutes, because wh- how long does it take for the... For it to like right, it'll be moving. I'm sure, but I don't know anything about eclipses. Isn't this the first total eclipse of the sun since like 1918? I think so. And it's it's a huge deal that this is happening because it's been so long since it happened. But then I feel like I read that the next one will be happening again in like 30 years for some reason. Oh, we'll be fine. Well, I'll just watch it then. I know. It's like I'll catch it on the next one. But that's why I want to read more into it. And I'm probably spitting out nonsense. And I need to talk to. John, my bass player, because he was the one that had all the knowledge on it. But I feel like he said, one hasn't happened for a really long time, but we're having this one, and then for whatever reason, another one's happening in 30 years, which 
doesn't make sense, and I don't get science or math. I or don't anything. understand science or math at all, and I never will. I know, and it just sucks that I'm spouting out so many lies to our listeners right now. <laughs> I'm going to talk to John, and he's going to be like, no, I said no, 300 years, you asshole. God. I'm going to be like, oh, who? Oh, what? Where? Why? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, should I read yes. stuff? <sighs> no, that, that was, was weaker a than I thought. Pathetic burp. Pathetic burp, and it should have been more because I'm drinking Lacroix, but apparently it doesn't Why work on me. Why is my toilet just screeching? <sighs> because your toilet is from the ring, and I've told you on multiple <laughs> occasions. To me, Ashley's toilet after it flushes, like the after effect sounds, sound just like the movie that you watch in the ring before you die, because it makes those weird like. <laughs> When all those weird videos are coming on. No? Nobody? All right. I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen that movie a million times. I just don't hear it when I flush my toilet. Okay, after we're done recording, I'm going to pull up the video from The Ring and flush your toilet and we're going to compare. <laughs> we're going to compare and contrast. You guys are missing out, listeners. It's going to be it's a gonna fun be a night. It's going to be a real fun night. Get we got wine. Wild. We're going to flush the toilet a couple times. <laughs> Best night ever. <laughs> Girls' night. Girls' night. Okay. What you got? Um, I guess I'll read the uncle story yeah, first just to stay in theme. Yeah, let's keep on the uncle theme. And then I have two more stories that have nothing to do with uncles. Aww. Um, guess who this story's from? Just take a guess. Me? Yeah, who's our, who's our, like, favorite writer in her? Gamby. Gamby! Gamby! Tyler Gambrel. Gamby. Gamby has so many stories, so we read, like, two sort of combined last time, and I have one this time and a little bit of feedback from last time, and still, for our future Listener Ghost Stories episode, he supplied us with about six more. (laughs) So Gamby will be on every episode until the day we die. First, his feedback from last time. Uh, Just a quick recap. Gamby told us that he had moved back into the house that he lived in when he was a teenager. And that's where he experienced a lot of strange... Was that the teddy bear one? That was the teddy bear moment where Mm -hmm. he was having a sleepover and the bear appeared right outside the door. And we called it the demon teddy bear. Yes, that was the demon bear... Demon bears and And people burgers. burgers, Yes. If you want to refresh your memory. One of our best titles. Uh, So he was just kind of following up on that, saying... he has moved back in with his wife and his son Rex. He said he feels the presence of two ghosts in the house. One he believes is his dad, and he thinks this is because his dad's leather jacket hangs in their son Rex's closet. And the other ghost that he feels is the presence of a teenage boy, and this is who he believes is being the trickster and is trying over the top to get noticed. And so he plays little tricks, and it's kind of more of the silly out of the blue crazy thing. So that was just a little bit of follow-up from the last time after we read his story. He said, since we've been back, we feel my dad and this teenage boy that we think is a little prankster. So I thought that was interesting that he can see so much insight into Well, that was one question we had. Yeah, that was one question we had after the last, uh, after Demon Bears and People Burgers was... You know, because he said he was moving into that house. We're like, what's happening? Why Why would you do that? that? And what is anything happened? Yes. Has the teddy bear moved? And a lot of stuff has happened, which unfortunately we're not reading any of those stories today. But he has definitely up-to-date stories of him and his wife that we will read another time. But um, we wanted to stick with the uncle theme. So I'm reading a story about his uncle. Throwback when I'm now reading from Gamby's perspective. 
When I was in junior high, my friend Matt and I were running around the church that we grew up in. We ran into the room for the sixth grade Sunday school, which we were in at the time. All of a sudden, I saw my uncle in prison clothes getting stabbed in the back by another inmate, which at the time my uncle had made some mistakes and was serving a prison sentence. I didn't know this at the time, but what I came to find out later on in the day is that he actually had been stabbed. I have had small moments of being in a place before that I knew I had never been before, but this moment, seeing my uncle, was one of the most vivid I've ever experienced and is still very hard to explain for me. So that's his uncle's story. He saw clear as day his uncle being stabbed in his church. In his church. That's really crazy. So what the hell is that about? I wonder if they had any other, uh, circuit, like Jake was telling me, you know, like when he was little, he, it seemed like he had a direct psychic connection to his uncle. Right. Like he always knew when he was about to like come over, even if and he knew when he was on the it phone. it was like unannounced. Yeah. You know what he I mean? Had so I wonder connection. if he had something like that with, with him. His. He probably um, could. It sounds like his uncle is still alive and in prison, which makes it even weirder that this was not a person who was passed. Yeah. He's it not wasn't dead. Like it's a, like he's seeing he's seeing visions of his uncle. Yeah. So it could be a similar thing. And it's not like it... That's the thing about premonitions, too. Like the premonitions that I have had. We have a whole episode on premonitions, so I won't spoil a ton for you guys. But there have been premonitions that I've had that I have proven to be... Actual events that have taken place. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that I could have prevented them. Right. They've either taken place at the exact same time that this thing was happening or um, after, months after the thing happened. And then I do research and find out that it happened. Right. And you just or, seen it. yeah, something that I have a premonition of something happening. Because to me, you know, I, when I think of premonitions, I think of movies. And mm-hmm. I think of, like, you get a premonition so you can try and stop right. it. Right. You get to be the hero that goes <laughs> yeah. and prevents it. Right. But, but yours, that's not you're actually almost how for no it, reason. Yeah. That's not actually how it works. Like, how... If that was a premonition in a, like, you can prevent this from happening sort of way, first of all, no, he couldn't. He was a kid, and how is he going to prevent his uncle from being, being stabbed, stabbed in prison? Right. You know There's what I no mean? no way for him to jump in. Premonitions are very interesting. I know. That is weird. Like, there was no way that he could be at the prison to stop it. Absolutely no way. He was yeah. in junior high. He just so said what he was, was in sixth the purpose grade. Why uh, did he see his uncle being that's stabbed That's why I'm thinking maybe he had some sort of psychic connection to his uncle. Right. That's what I'm buying into as well. Yeah, where, just you nuts. know, his uncle was going through a pretty serious situation and he was feeling, and at the same time, like, see his mind was seeing like kind of what was happening to his uncle right it's so nuts that it happened in his church too and i'm not trying to read into it like there's some sort of reason behind that i don't know if there's a connection wasn't the church the one that they constantly investigated oh right that's what matt was telling us right is is it the same matt It is. Well, I mean, he said me and Matt as if we knew who Matt was. Yeah, so so that's probably the church that they've had many, many, many experiences So this is just the church of paranormal portals, Yeah, I really do think that there are certain places in the world that are... They open up a portal. They, yeah, or, you know, the barrier is thinner there to weird stuff. Just like people are more sensitive, I think locations can be sensitive and more open to those things. It could have something to do with, like, the North and South Pole. It could have something to do with, like, being next to a lake 
or a river. The water, conjuring something. Another timeline. People from forever ago hanging out in the church. I don't know. But the uncle being stabbed, I just, that's crazy. I think he, I think you're exactly right. I think there's some sort of psychic connection to that. But yeah, another uncle story, which I think is so fascinating that everyone keeps sending me. I actually have another psychic connection story. Do it. We're just okay. going to do these wonderful <laughs> They're all kind sideways. of matching up. So this one was sent in anonymously. So shortly after my wife and I got married, we were spending Thanksgiving with her parents and her brother and sister. I went to sleep at night and had this crazy fucked up dream about a farmhouse with a store in it that had a chicken coop in the back of the house. And behind the chicken coop, there was one of these old time wells, like a wishing well. I walked out back and was drawn to the well like it was pulling me, like a black hole, and there were these green monster things coming out of it that were obviously trying to murder me and try to pull me in. It was incredibly vivid and it scared the fuck out of me to the point that I bolted awake and was drenched in sweat. I hardly ever have nightmares, so it really stuck out in my mind. That morning at breakfast, I told the family the story, and as I was telling it, I noticed that my wife, her brother... And her sister turned white as fucking sheets, and the parents got this really strange look on their face as well. I asked what the deal was, and they said that I had just perfectly described a recurring nightmare that all three of them had as children. And then my in-laws went and dug out an old photo album that had pictures of the exact house and store, chicken coop, and water well in the backyard. It was the house that my mother-in-law grew up in, and she swore up and down that it was haunted. I had never heard that story, I had never seen those pictures, and I didn't know a single thing about it, and yet somehow I exactly described it to them. We all thought it was pretty crazy that I had the same nightmare they did when they were growing up. Holy shit. That's pretty crazy. That is nuts. That reminds me of that story we read from fan and friend Jackie when she talked about her dad having... The dream about like the monks. Oh yeah, and painted that the walk- picture. Yeah, and then like he painted the picture, and his aunt said something like, "Yeah, there's a monastery down the street or yeah. whatever." Like I don't know. It just reminds me of like one of those weird things where you draw or describe the picture, and someone mm-hmm. next to you is like, "Holy shit, that's exactly what I saw." And there's this thing down the street. It's like those are bonkers stories to me. Well, it's very interesting cuz they weren't actually in the house that he had a dream about right, at the time. But like that would be still. one thing. But it was sort of like being around the brother and sister that used yeah. to have the horrible dreams. It brought dreams, it about maybe. somehow. Somehow dreaming is weird. Dreaming is so Dreaming fucking is so weird. weird. I can't even think about dreaming too much because I will lose my mind. Yeah, it sends me in a spiral and it also makes my mind want to explode because I just <laughs> I can't truly just wrap my head can't around it. Fathom. It's so it's so nuts, but those stories really get to me. Give me the willies. And it also reminds me of like when little kids when it's like You know, a parent has, like, a recurring nightmare as a child or, like, has an imaginary friend that's, like, an old woman who lives in their room and then they grow up and all of a sudden their child is having that same nightmare Mm -hmm. or their child has that same imaginary friend. Right. It's been passed on. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, what the fuck was going on? Was it not a nightmare? Was it actually happening to me? And now it's happening to him? Makes you question everything. Yeah. Is it like, how how do dreams work? Is that an alternate? Are dreams? 
dreams an alternate timeline. Right. Are we dream- Are we truly unconscious and this is all in our head? Or, or are we traveling to this alternate timeline and seeing what would have happened? Or Are we dreaming right now? This is all a dream. We probably are. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to wake up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, dreams are so weird. I can't. One time um, I, had, I took a post-apocalyptic literature class, and ooh. we it was the best class I've ever taken in my entire life. And I remember we had talked about dreams for, like, an entire period. And it was one of those classes that was, like, so interesting that, like, the period was over, but everyone just stayed and kept talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, an hour-long class, and it, we were there for, like, an hour and 45 minutes. Because you can't stop talking stop about talking. it. Of course. And... I just remember leaving that class where we talked about dreams and the possibility of never actually knowing if you're not dreaming Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, the tricks that dreams can play on you and the fact that recurring dreams, for example, uh, dreams have the ability to make you, unless you keep an actual journal that says, I have had this dream before and you can, like, actually reference it, There's dream deja vu that can actually make you feel as though you've had that dream before when you really haven't. I think I get that all the time because I'll have a dream and I'll wake up and think to myself, oh, why do I keep having this same dream? But then I start to think about it even more. I'm like, when would I have had that dream? And then I start (laughs) to really think, I'm like, it makes no sense that I've had this dream before. And I go down that spiral like we were just talking about. And I think... It's my mind tricking yeah. itself. Yeah, so there's dream deja vu. That I can make have you it trick all the time. Yourself. So I remember leaving that, like, hour and a half discussion and just being like, my whole fucking life is a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's Nothing a lie. is real. This I don't believe real. this moment right now. Zero consequences. And then Not I went, even thinking Then I killed this. a guy. And then I stabbed a guy in the neck, and it's totally fine because <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing. I have another story, and Perfect. I'm excited about this one because it is from... Our new friend and a fan that sent us a Facebook message, her name's Katie. Katie. K-A-T-I, which I'd never seen that spelling before, and I really enjoyed it. So, hey, girl. Hey, Keep It Weird fam. I thought I'd tell you my spooky ass experience involving the movie (laughs) The Exorcist. I love when people put ass into sentences, which I do all the time. It just makes it more hilarious. (laughs) Spooky ass experience. One Halloween, my roommate and I, along with a couple of friends, decided to marathon some scary movies. Duh! And my roommate, in her infinite wisdom, picked The Exorcist. None of us had seen it, but we'd always wanted to. So we get the DVD from the family video. Hey, family video. What's up, family video? Miss it so much. And pop it in. That's when the weird shit starts. The DVD would freeze at very specific points, such as the horrifying demon face and the spider walk. Fuck that. Immediately after the spider walk, the DVD completely freaked out and stopped, and the DVD player made the most ungodly screeching noise any of us had ever heard. We take it out, rub the disc, and try again, and it won't play. We tried another few times, and even got a different copy, but they would freeze at the same exact point. Very strange. After that, for a few months, there were strange happenings in our dorm, such as our bulletin board flying off the wall and hitting my roommate. Doors opening and shutting on their own, and the light bulb in our lamp exploding and us losing power for days. It was pretty freaky stuff, and we vowed never to attempt to watch that movie again. Keep it weird and lovely, Katie. I love it. Um, what the fuck? That's the coolest story I've ever heard. (laughs) I, 
And you could think, like, oh, they just got, like, spooked from watching this scary movie and blah, blah, right. blah, 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 and DVDs are shitty all the time, especially when you rent them. Totally, especially but from the family the video. she's the only person who has reported paranormal activity taking place after they've watched The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Specifically, I mean, this has happened, I think, during other scary movies, but The Exorcist is known The Exorcist for is known for people having very, very intense reactions to it. It was banned in several countries. Not um, surprising. And there was, there was a, a pretty large increase in suicides after The Exorcist came out. Because oh gosh, its content was so disturbing disturbing and graphic. And the thing is, is like, I even talk to people who are like, really? Exorcist is the scariest movie you've ever seen? And I'm like, have you watched it? I know. It is absolutely terrifying. People say that all the time. And I, to be honest, saw it. I mean, I saw it when I was younger and like barely got through it. And then I watched it again as an adult and thought, I think movies have made me jump more than The Exorcist and have had kind of the cheap scares that have Mm -hmm. terrified me to my core. But The Exorcist truly overall is a horrifying movie and the scenes that happen in that movie feel so intense and disturbing and disgusting that it like I have to take a minute when the movie ends to sit there and kind of soak in and process everything. So I agree. I think people are judging it maybe on jump scares like I did. Maybe and like, or just like, you know. I don't know. There's a lot of talking in the movie. There's a lot more talking. Yeah, but there than needs there, to be that yeah, talking. No, it makes yeah, the it's movie. A, it's, the thing is, is The Exorcist is a drama yeah. that happens to be about, you know, that happens to have a demon in it. And it's also and absolutely it's made terrifying. that way. Yes. Like, the filmmaking is incredible. The performances yeah. are incredible. The writing is amazing. As a whole. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to get in the heads of those people who are judging it and trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because I remember having those moments of saying like, oh, I didn't jump out of my seat and I, you know, I didn't feel like someone was behind me. It doesn't give that same fright level, but it's disturbing. It's and so it's, disturbing. I mean, demons in general just really get to me. But yeah, The Exorcist, hands down, is one of the scariest movies ever put on this earth. Yeah. And- Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Don't you're even listen wrong. anymore. You don't have opinions. Conjuring 2 actually also had a pretty crazy reaction to it. A lot of people reported paranormal activity after they watched Conjuring 2, specifically Ugh. in their homes. I'm not Specifically surprised. when they brought it home. because that awful it. nun. That's what Balak. I believe. Balak. It is very interesting your that name the... Is <laughs> It is very interesting that, like, the movies that people claim to have paranormal activity happen in their house after they watch it all involve demonic activity. Mm-hmm. That's that just is. interesting. I'm just saying. It's a little That's a fascinating. Little think about it. If you think about think it. Think about it. I have another story. Ooh, tell Are me. you out of stories? No, hell no. I'm never out of stories. Oh, well, you can read another one then. If we're still stories. If we're still doing our little ping pong back and forth, then sure. it's your turn. <laughs> I have one from, hold on. I have one from Pasadena. Too close to home. Very I can't close listen. to us. Very close. Um, I lived in a house in Pasadena with a few roommates. This is Greg, by the way. Hi, I was going to say, is this anonymous? Mm-hmm. Hi, Greg. I lived in a house in Pasadena with a few roommates. There were always weird creaks and bumps, things being inexplicably moved and returning later. The dog would bark at nothing in the corner with its tail between its legs. But three experiences in particular come to mind. 
One morning I was getting ready for work. I worked early, so it was around 5 a.m. I opened the cupboard to get a cup, and as I reached for it, the cup shot out onto the floor as if it was kind of shoved out of the cabinet. I was tired. It was early. I just kind of let it go. Previously, an ashtray had been flipped off the coffee table in front of a room full of people. This stuff just happened. Another time, I was homesick, just kind of laying in my bed watching TV, when I heard my roommate Hank come home. I heard the door open. I heard it close. I heard the footsteps walking down the hallway towards my room. The doorway to the bathroom was immediately across the hall from my room. I saw a figure go into the bathroom out of the corner of my eye. I was still looking at the television. I started telling my roommate that the landlord came by wanting rent, etc., I see him walk back across the hall to his bedroom, and at this point, I've been talking to him for about a minute, and he hasn't said one word to me, so I assume he has his headphones on, which is usually the case, so I get up to go talk to him, and as I round the corner, I see that his bedroom door is closed and padlocked from the outside. I was alone in the house, and I'm not sure what I just experienced. Wow. I asked about the padlock thing as well. Apparently, there were four, uh, or there were three other roommates there so four people so everyone had padlocks on their doors okay so because i was like jesus okay right holy shit um and he said they all had padlocks okay so the last (laughs) thing that really happened to me there was what prompted me to move from uh that place about a month afterwards at about 3 a.m the witching hour, I was awakened to find that my sheets and blankets were slowly being pulled down from my face. No. I sleep kind of cocoon style. The rate of movement is so gradual that I assume the dog was laying on my blankets at the foot of the bed and just kind of rolling up in them and pulling them off of me. At that moment, I can hear my dog Chester outside my door whining and pacing. My room is locked from the inside. The sheets are still being pulled from me. I can't. At this point, they were about chest level when I grabbed them and began to pull back. But no matter how hard I pulled, whatever is pulling my sheets just pulls harder. I need to leave. (laughs) I'm using all of my strength when I sit up and see that the bottom of my bed is literally bowing in half from the force of my sheets being pulled, seemingly from underneath the front of the bed. Fight or flight kicks in, and I get really scared because it occurs to me that I can't see, explain, and probably not protect myself from whatever this is. In an act of desperation, I growled out to nobody at all. Just leave me the fuck alone. At that moment, whatever it was released my sheets, and my hands shot back and hit me in the chest so hard they left two little bruises from my knuckles. I had to be up for work, so I just got dressed and left two hours early. I never told anybody for years. I didn't even believe it myself, and honestly, I was concerned that I might have been concerned that I might have been losing my mind at the time. Uh, when something happens that absolutely could not have happened, your mind goes to these weird gymnastics in order to make sense of it. But I just couldn't make sense of it. Fuck! I bit off my entire thumbnail during that story because I was on the edge of my seat and wanted to cry at several moments. I I, can't handle it. What? The sheets are all they protect you. (laughs) That's all you have to hide behind. From the monsters. I'm hot. I can't breathe well. That was terrible. I was hanging on your every word. That was great. That was straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, that's terrifying. I was imagining the first Conjuring movie because the little girl who gets terrorized, the sheets get pulled off first and then Mm -hmm. her foot gets yanked down. And that scene always gives me chills up my spine just because 
the force at which she's getting pulled off of her bed is absolutely terrifying. And it always makes me just like, oh my gosh. Um, so with the whole time you were telling that story, that's what I was imagining. And the fact that he pulled back with so much force, he left a mark on his chest, like something was holding so tightly. Well, yeah, the fact that he sat up and could see the edge of his bed, like, Bending Actually, like, the pressure on it. Because I can imagine, like, feeling, like, maybe the sheets fall off of you or, like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you shift and you don't realize that you shift and the sheets shift and you think, like, what, what moved the sheet? But to actually be pulling. And even, you know, like, I, I hate sleeping in, like, hotel rooms. I hate sleeping. I don't make my bed. Like, in the sense that I tuck everything. I hate being tucked in. Yeah. Like, I just want loose sheets. Yeah, same. Um, and when I can't get it. I mean, sometimes it's tucked really well, and you can't untuck it. Right. But to, like, actually feel something pulling, pulling against, against you is yeah. like, oh, ab- absolutely not. No, thank you. I just, I keep trying to put myself in his position and how it would react, and I think I would just, I think I would freeze, actually. I always say, just jokingly, like, I would cry, I'd be in the fetal position. <laughs> I think I would just be frozen. I don't even know if I'd be able to pull back. I think I would just sit there and be like... Okay, I'm about to see what's stealing my sheets. It's probably going to have horns and black fur, and it's probably going to eat my family. Black Philip. Black Philip. The goat from the witch? <laughs> no. <laughs> black Philip. Yeah, I just I think I'd be sitting there waiting to see what demon awaited me at the end of the bed. See, I have a lot of theories about the paranormal and when and that are, you know, Some are fantastical, some are, like, strictly scientific, some are, you know, uh, skeptical. But when they, when you actually have physical contact, when you actually have something that's pushing things off of shelves, pulling your sheets. Cups flying out of cabinets. um, The, you know, the the spirit or whatever the phenomena that I experienced where it would move my jewelry. Right. Kicking boxes, etc. Breaking coffee pots. That goes against like everything that I actually believe in that that I like staunchly am like no I really think it has more to do with like a timeline or like right. you know we the, always try to explain the a timeline or multiverse yeah, like, that's that's what I actually believe it is I don't think it's dead people I think it has to do with like you know time bending in on itself until and, you have until these moments until you have these moments and I, I'm like I 100% can't explain agree that. I have nothing I can say about that that's because I'm with just, you I like to believe that we're interacting with other timelines. That just makes the most sense to me. But then when someone says their sheets are being pulled at that much force, I Mm -hmm. have nothing I can offer to that. And that that's what truly scares me. Like you saying you like see a shadow or something go by. I can be like, all right, like we can explain that with multiple theories, but if you were to say, I had a tug of war with my sheets, I'd be like, move immediately because <laughs> I don't like that. I and can't explain it. That's a dark force. Yeah, I tell you what, you won't believe stories like this if you've never experienced anything like it. You just won't. I agree. You'll hear these stories and you'll go, no, that didn't happen. They made it up or it's, it didn't happen the way, you know, the cup in the cabinet was already on the edge and the ashtray got too hot and bounced like you'll find a way to like make it rational until it happens to you Uh and then you realize you don't know everything about the world 
And it's okay to still be like, I have no idea what that was, because none of us know, but then you're going to start to sit there and be like, okay, I don't understand my life. Yeah, if you hear the story, when I talk about the the experience that I had in that apartment, I never say there was a ghost in my apartment. No. No idea what it was. I always say... When I had this experience, when or the jewelry when was moved, the spirit or ghost or whatever, whatever, whatever was happening, because I have no idea. Anyways, oh my god, <laughs> I just, I'm really struggling. <laughs> Not that I don't believe his story at all. I firmly believe he is telling the truth, and that's why I'm struggling so much because I, I just don't, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that. I don't pass. enjoy that one Hard bit. Pass. I'm just imagining myself frozen in fear if that were happening to me and how my life would probably just end in that moment. I have one more story. We are yes. we have been talking for quite some time. Yes, we are. I labeled this Peoria Haunts. I'm Ooh. from Peoria, for anyone who doesn't remember. Um, one of my best friends that I grew up with submitted this story, but she wants to remain anonymous. Uh, sorry, LaCroix burps. <laughs> told me that she found out recently her house was built on an Indian burial ground. And what? Excuse me? Pardon? Why? What? Why? Who? Who? She is currently living at the house that she grew up in because she's saving up money and she's about to move to New York with her fiance. And so she's currently back in the house and she's getting all this history from her family. She said originally her dad told her that the house was located on an Indian burial ground and she sort of brushed it off and thought her dad was just trying to scare her. Oh, my dad would 100% do something like yes, that. Yes, and so me. would mine. But then she talked to a grandma and an aunt in separate conversations and they told her separately about the Indian burial ground. And they are much more genuine people who would not pull a thing like that. <laughs> That's a very dad-like prank. Yeah. She's like, I know that they wouldn't just say that for no reason. So then she's starting to buy into it. Um, she couldn't find a history online. There was a big Native American presence in this area where we grew up. So it could be possible. It's a plausible thing. But none of this is 100%. So take it for what you will. Um, her house is located up on a hill by itself, completely surrounded by woods, and the closest neighbor is about a half mile down the road, and you have to hike up and down the hill to get anywhere. So her house alone is just creepy, and yeah. I've always thought that whenever I'd sleep over. I was like, you live in the middle of nowhere, and I sort of hate your house. <laughs> um, so she said multiple times in her life she has woken up just screaming outside of her window or hearing it in the distance in the woods, and she'd go to her window and check, and nothing is ever there. She said it could be coyotes, but the sound is very human-like, and the only thing she can think of is it sounds like someone screaming, and it has hindered her sleep multiple times throughout her life. Um, She said things have moved around her house on their own. It's been very slight things that, again, you could maybe explain away, but now that she knows the truth of her house is starting to really freak her out, and now that she's staying at her parents' house again, she's living in the basement this time, and she's starting That's to hear the screams. The right. She's And there's, like, sliding doors to the outside through the basement. She's starting to hear screams and taps on the window again. She moves to New York in, like, two weeks, and she can't wait to get the fuck out of there. So that was that, like, wee little story about her house. And I was like, I can't believe you live on an Indian burial ground. And then she reminded me, and that's why I labeled this Peoria Haunts as a whole, 
we were talking about it when I was home recently in Peoria, and she was like, don't you remember that the theater you performed in was haunted? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I grew up doing community theater at Peoria Players Theater. It's where, like, I grew up, where I got all of my theater experience, why I'm such a theater geek and a singer and all that. Um, Peoria Players Theater, there's a ghost named Norman who has haunted the theater for years. He died in 1960 at, sadly, the young age of 34, He was an actor and director, frequently involved in productions at the theater, and he had a heart attack during a tech rehearsal for a show. At 34? At age 34, had a heart attack and died. Oh, my gosh. Um, Was unconscious, and they couldn't resuscitate him at the theater, but then was rushed to the hospital. And he was pronounced dead at the hospital. So there's big debate, because people are like, he didn't die at the theater, but he also wasn't alive at the theater. But this was back in 1960. Some people claim they can see him sitting out in the audience watching the players rehearse, some people claim they see him they see him or some sort of figure up in the rafters moving about. There is a creepy portrait of him in the prop closet that I've seen multiple times growing up because it was like the fun place to sneak off to when you were a kid. Um, there's a really creepy old picture of him located off stage in the prop room and someone placed glowing lights on his eyeballs, like little sticky glowing things, and they glow in the dark after they've received sufficient light from the light bulb that's in the prop closet. So if you go into the prop closet to grab some things with the light on and you give the glowing material some charge, then you can turn off the lights and shut the door to get a creepy glowing Norman Uh, eye looking back at you. Why? And yes, this is fake and not haunted, but boy, I spent some horrifying summers in that closet scaring the (laughs) shit out of myself when those eyes were glowing back at me. That's Um, what I want you to do when I die. An I die? When I die. When I pass away. Oh, when you die. I thought you were saying you should try I die. Like a die that you put in your eyeball. And I was like, I'd rather not. Pass on. You want me to put glowing stickers on your eyeballs? A creepy portrait of me in your home. Okay. With glowing stickers on your eyes. Or or like glow in the dark paint to do my like to paint my eyes. Ooh, to do like the pupil. Yeah. I like that. Of course I'll do that. And I'll (laughs) glowing teeth and eyes. And I'll just, I'll give them some charge, and then every night when I turn off my lights, you'll be glowing, staring back yes. at me. And I'll probably vomit of fear. You're welcome. Um, so that's Norman that haunts Peoria Players Theater, and my friend who has I some Native Americans haunting I want your friend to her. set up a, like, a recording device. Oh, hell yes. Overnight or something. I mean, that was our big debate when I was home in Peoria, was she was telling me all these things, and I was like, all right, we need to set up a video camera, we need to do some EVP recording, and she was like, oh, hell no. Like, she hates paranormal stuff, and the whole time she was telling me this story, she was trying to explain everything away. She's like, I probably heard coyotes, a branch probably tapped my window, my family's probably lying to me, (laughs) and I was like, oh my god, you're trying to explain everything I just wanted to set up a recorder. Record all night, and then just mail me the recorder. I won't even tell her what I find. Yeah, she doesn't have to know anything. I want us to explore it. And it sucks that she's moving to New York soon. (laughs) Selfish. This is for me, a stranger. She's moving to New York soon, but I, the next time I'm back in Peoria, I'm good friends enough with her family that I would have no problem being like, can I come spend the night and do some recording? They'll look at me weird, but they'll probably let me. Yeah, just say, can I come spend the night? You can come um, with me. You're from Illinois. Oh, that's we'll true. see your family first in Southern Illinois, then we'll drive up we'll and explore the north. haunted house on the hill. I have one more very short one. This one doesn't have a name on it. So interesting. I'm so sorry, whoever's story this is. My girlfriend's father's metal workshop 
is a very old concrete building, which half burnt down in the 1960s, supposedly killing a few workers. It was since then fixed, and he's owning it. Um, he's owned it since the early 1990s. A few of her family members have seen and heard things in the building. Even her father, who is a non-believer in the supernatural, has had a few unexplained things happen to him while he is there alone, such as whistling a song, and then he stops and he hears an unexplained voice finish the tune. Nope. But I digress. While we were there, we always have the radio on. The station we listen to is a very strange station. When I say strange, I mean you can't pick it up anywhere else in the area, not even in a car right outside of the shop. The weirdest part is that it's a station that only plays music from around the time the place burned down. So it's like a 60s radio station that you can't get anywhere else in town. Interesting. There's one spot in the shop that if you stand there, it causes interference with the antenna wire and makes the radio go extremely static. This is confirmed and repeatable. We've done it many times as experiments. Anyway, her father had just left to go grab some stuff to eat, and I was there alone. I was doing fine until I heard a tool drop, and then the radio repeated that same static noise as if someone was just standing in that spot. Upon further investigation, I couldn't find a damn thing. Let's just say I was waiting for him outside when he arrived. Oh my gosh. I think it's very, very, very interesting that they somehow get a 60s radio station. Yeah, what? That no one else gets. You can't get, even in a car right outside the shop, you can't get it. It's he did literally say, only in the shop. Yeah, when I asked, he did say that uh, on the other side of town you can pick up the 60s radio station. It is a, okay. it is a real radio station. Okay, so it's, it's not, not just like a, haunted a haunted radio station. station. <laughs> but you can't get it anywhere near this shop. Yeah, what? That's not what I don't Not even right get. outside, and it plays mm. in the shop, and it was the 60s when uh, half of it burnt down. That is creepy and cool. Very cool. I love it. I think it's more cool than creepy, actually. I kind of like that. That's so fun and bizarre. And bizarre. And mysterious. And mysterious. What's <laughs> happening there? I liked that story. Yeah. Sorry, no name. Sorry, no name Magoo. <laughs> Thank you for your submission, no, no name Magoo. Sean. I feel really bad. I'm going to cut we this out you, later. love you, Sean. I'm going to cut this out later. I'm going to have just like a random like stitch of my voice come in and be like, Thank you. Brandon. It's going to be like those voicemails where it's like, you've reached the voicemail box of Bob! <laughs> it's going to be you That's going, exactly the story was submitted by Carl! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, so you gonna, should do that. I'm going to stick it in right here. Um, thank you Bleep for submitting. Uh, submitti- Wait, do yeah, it again. Okay, I ruined okay, it. Okay. Thanks so much. Jason. For sending in that really interesting story. I knew your name the whole time. Yeah, thank you so much. Jason. We love your stories. (laughs) So stupid. I'm really putting in. I I expect nothing less of you. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, be wary. I'm saying this to myself and to you all. Be wary anytime you rent The Exorcist from Family Video. That's all I got. What if it is just from Family Video? Part of me thinks that's it. <laughs> like, after I was reading that story, because Family rent the Video. Exorcist, go to Blockbuster. Those don't exist anymore. Oh, no! 
My final thought is I want to turn the air conditioner on. Oh my on. god, I'm so hot. Hurry and say your outro. <laughs> That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Head over to iTunes and subscribe and rate our show pretty please. please. Check out our Patreon page where you can donate to the show and get some goodies along with it. Pictures and videos from each week's episode, a yeah. weekly newsletter. And if you donate $15 a month, you get all of that as well as a monthly video episode. We're recording August uh, video episode tonight where we're going to teach you some Halloween crafts. All you need is trash. It's awesome. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. Email us or message us anytime you have questions, feedback, or want to tell us your spooky, strange stories. Yeah. And as usual, always keep, keep it, it weird. weird. What is our sign-off going to be before we get to it? All right. Dream. <laughs> what? Dream. What? That's all I have. Okay. <laughs> That's not anything. Are you sure? That's not a thing. Um, <laughs> dream. Dream. Dream, 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 beautiful thing that I've ever I think recorded. it's our best outro yet <laughs> <laughs> don't know about you